I'm your host, Justin Baker. Well, how is the new year? How's the new you? Do you hold up to those resolutions or do you just fall off right away? Um, I don't know how I'm doing. Uh, well, I had a nice break because I, you know, teach and then I get a few weeks off there. So that was pretty eventful, I think. I, um, what did I do? Well, I started exercising and then... Uh, once, uh, you know, I had to go back to work, uh, I stopped. So uh, that didn't really go really too well. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to to get back in form um, and uh, be a little better in that regards. But, uh, you know, I made some work. Annual studio cleaning happened. It's uh, it's pretty clean, I guess. It's kind of it's kind of messy again. But uh Anyways, it's going along. Everything's just fine. So, you know, I, I hope things are fine with you. So here we go. This is uh, year two of Art Town, and we're starting off this uh, this year with my first guest, who is uh, an artist, a recent MFA graduate, and um, an all-around super person. Um, the name is Star Herrera, and uh, we uh, talked. Uh, I showed up uh, once to interview her, um, and um, I uh, I confessed uh, um, my uh, my daughter had COVID, so we rescheduled. Uh, I did the right thing, and um, and that was cool. And I came back and. Uh, we uh, sat down a week later, COVID-free, um, although I, I never had it, um, and uh, that was good. My little daughter, she did okay. She was fine. Uh, and uh, so I sat down with Star, and uh, we talked. We talked about her art, um, kind of, you know, the where she began, you know, kind of as an artist, which I always find interesting, like what those gateways are, because it's, it's always different. Um, you know, I, I think myself as a kid, I had no, I had no real ambition to be an artist. Uh, I think I was always kind of creative and doing things, you know, in my own little dumb kind of way. But uh, it really wasn't until much later, and I'm always curious, you know, when people get that idea that like, oh, this is something I could do. So anyway, we talked about that, um, her experience, you know, growing up through college, all that kind of stuff, twists and turns that it takes. And, you know, now that she's, you know, uh, a graduate, what's going on and uh, how she's doing. So... Uh, it was a fun conversation. Um, she has like such great uh, empathy. Uh, you know, I was reading her her um, artist statement or whatever little bit of writing that is on her website, and she just had this like really profound statement that I found so deeply moving, and it like really ties in so gracefully to the work she makes. So. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was now. Um, it was this 
the statement about um, examination of the human condition and um, I'm not saying it right. I, I say it in the interview. We talk about it so you can hear it there. But I just found that so so moving and it really it seems to match her personality. The few times I've talked to her in her work so so nicely and I always appreciate when like an artist is is able to really put to you know put in words how they how they talk uh, how they see the work they're making i think that's really hard to do um it's hard to do i, I think gracefully without sa- sounding excuse me without sounding you know overly ambitious or arrogant or you know just too academic it can really ruin the whole experience at least for me um and uh her her writing was just right on the money so anyway year two art town launch here we go uh this is um star and myself talking segue like into grad school or I don't know I don't know how that those two will work um but uh and then like finish with like your um recent like employment as like an archivist Mm -hmm. so that and like maybe it was that unexpected or um so I like used to do like a um a like a I only did a couple of them and actually my my wife did them but they were like called like art jobs. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was doing it for Collarworks like oh, yeah. radio. Yeah, yeah. And um and those were like short little interviews about like interesting jobs in the yeah. arts. Because some like I think like for like a lot of people, like getting an art degree, like they're not sure what they're gonna do mm-hmm. with it. Cause it's like, you know, basically the idea is like I'll make my living selling art. Right. And that's so rare to yeah. do <laughs> yeah so like even oh we were talking before like when i was at um my so when i got out of undergrad from purchase mm-hmm. i moved to new york or outside of it mm-hmm. and my you know i was like i'll be a famous artist that's what you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then like i got a job well my first job was in a lithography shop okay which is what i wanted to do yeah because at purchase i did a, a ton of lithography and um, phot- photography to whatever those things are. And then um, and then I got the litho job and it was like horrible. It oh, was like because, okay. well, it like paid nothing. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like it was not a great. I mean, it was OK, but it was like really <clears throat> not worth it. Not enough to like. And then I got a job um, just by chance at a rare bookstore. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and then I worked there for a long time. And then um, my neighbor was working at Penguin. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, there's an opening. I think my yeah. my boss would like you. And I was That's like, cool. oh, okay. And like we literally, I, I did the interview. 
and we um she had a poster of Willie Nelson in her office. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I hadn't like I knew I had nothing to offer mm. in terms of why she should hire me. Right. In terms of like I had no experience in mm-hmm. production or anything like I didn't, you know, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. But I then I was like, oh, you like Willie Nelson? And we just talked about Willie Nelson for an hour. <laughs> That's Because <laughs> awesome. I love Willie Nelson. Yeah. So that was like, I kind of like fell into it. And it wasn't like really an art. I know it wasn't art specific as what you're doing now, but it was like, oh, okay. You know, I always yeah. think of like a fine arts degree as mm-hmm. like, if you like, you really like hone into it. It's like, you just did four years of like problem solving. Yeah. Kind of in a way, you know, yeah. you learn skills. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, you know, it, it's more about like you keep creating problems for yourself and then trying to figure out. That's true. At least that was true for me because I just I kept trying and I still try a bunch of different things. I, I feel like I'm never satisfied doing one thing. Uh-huh. And I'm, I have so many interests that I sort of flip from one thing to another, yeah. Um which for me is okay. And I think even in the collective, it's fine because we're all very mixed media and we, we like to experiment. I really love to experiment. So I don't know. I think, I think that sort of problem for fine artists or, you know, even artists in general, getting a degree didn't occur to me as a problem. So I'm like, well, I'll just do something related Uh to this maybe. Yeah. So well, I guess we'll start here. So, okay. well, thank you for doing this. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, I had you for that having weird me. rambling history of myself. <laughs> but um yeah, so when I um when we we did the 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 box party episode, there was a, a couple of things that um you had said that like I was curious about mm-hmm. and then um I was um I'm just going to grab my notes cuz I forgot to take them out. Okay. Um I took notes. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I did see the, um, the, the, your thesis show. Like I always try to go check that out. Yeah. Um, and that was like beautiful. Uh, and there was like a collection of, uh, photographs that you had that I thought were really interesting, um, and beautiful. And like, and I was curious, like how they were made. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, um, and then you have this like interesting, um, career now. So I was like, kind of wanted to talk about those things. Um, so yeah, again, thanks for having me and we made it happen. Yeah, um, thanks so much. So, uh, where did you, cause I looked on, I was like looking at your website and, um, it didn't really say where you went to undergrad, but where, where did you do that? So I was at UAlbany for oh. undergrad. Um, I originally started at Hudson Valley Oh no! Kidding. and then I didn't, um, get my degree from there. I just sort of moved on. Oh. Um, to get the four-year degree at UAlbany. I think it was mostly because I was working quite a bit and I didn't make time to take the gym classes or this sort of like, right. you know, health or, or whatever it was. Um, and so I just moved on and I sort of started at UAlbany uh, part-time and then eventually shuffled my working so oh, okay. that I could finish there. That's so interesting. I didn't know you. So you did like some fine art classes at uh, Hudson Valley. Yeah, with Tom. With Tom. Tom oh, okay. And, uh, I had Ryan Parr. Oh, interesting. Well. Yep. It's like that. It's <laughs> like the regional like 
like art path. <laughs> yeah. Or one of them. Right. Yeah. So that's okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you went there and you were interested in, in thinking about illustration. Is that you were talking about that earlier? Yeah. When I was growing up, I drew a lot and painted uh -huh. um, and, you know, not to go so far back as high school, but I took AP courses. I stayed after mm -hmm. school. I did live drawing classes. It was just something I was really interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and I read a lot of books. I read a lot of comic books. Um, oh, okay. I still do. Um, so this sort of intersection of storytelling and art really interested me. And I mm -hmm. thought that was something that I could do. And I did it damn near well towards the end of my four-year program at, at UAlbany. Um, but I, I felt like I was too slow and I was unable to process the, the ideas that I wanted to mm -hmm. in an efficient way that I felt I was doing something good or that I felt ended up with something that I liked even. Um, so I met uh, Maddie LaValle. Yeah. Um, and I took a class with her printmaking because I have always wanted to try that. And okay. um, I think I actually took Rebecca Tolley's class first and then I wanted to keep going and then met Maddie. Um, and she encouraged me to try sculpture and installation. And Because um, your installations are kind of like stories. I feel yeah, a little bit. I, there's elements of narrative in there. Mm -hmm. Or it seems like in all your work, there's like a, a little bit of narrative. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? Um, no, I, I, could... <laughs> I really like storytelling. I write a lot. And um, you do something I did all through school, grad school is is write stories. I would, um, you know, journal a lot. Um, so I have like tons of notebooks just filled with okay. writing um, and I would draw from that a lot. Um, but I'm also really interested in the immersive experience. So, yeah. um, and I talked a lot about that even in like thesis and, and the sort of references that I made or was, was pulling from were these immersive experiences I have had and my connection to trying to create that in, in an artwork mm. um, and how, you know, at the end of grad school, I sort of went out into the world to try to create those experiences. I don't know if you saw the the cards. So that was sort of like an exercise for me to go out in the world, place something that was an artwork in a physical space. I would go to stores, drop this fake greeting card that was sort of a cynical greeting card in the, in the real world. Oh, wow. Um, and it was part of me so letting kind go of, of gorilla this Gorilla style. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and that I think it takes someone out of their everyday life to see this thing that they cannot buy, even if they want to. And then what happens to it? And maybe that draws some sort of internal thinking on their part, but, uh -huh. um, but they could take it. They could, if they wanted okay. to, or if they were so inclined, I'm not sure yeah. what happened to all of them. Uh, I had been urged to try to find a way to track it. And at the beginning that didn't really okay. matter to me much. These were ideas given by professors. Mm -hmm. or, like what Yeah, happened. that's right. Yeah. Um, so I think at one, I put QR codes in them and was able to track it in some way, but the, the website that it would bring you to was sort of like, uh, maybe like an inside joke or something that I thought uh -huh. was a little funny. Um, I think the ones that ended up being in my thesis had links to, um, like a page on, um, like getting blood tests, which I thought was funny because I had to get, <laughs> you know, a blood test every month for like six years or something. Oh, okay. and I, I'm terrified of needles. Oh, so okay. I thought it was a funny little thing to me. And maybe 
it meant something to whoever picked it up and they had, you know, their own experience that they could then look at mm. this thing and be like, oh, this is so strange. Why? But then yeah, yeah. maybe it would get them thinking about their yeah. experience. So I want to go back a little like to two spots because I'm curious, like, so in you mentioned it, you know, briefly, but I, I do find that moment like kind of interesting mm-hmm. It, in so in high school, you're really absorbing like a lot of comics, mm-hmm. graphic novels. Yeah. Like, what was what was your go to for that? Do you remember? Or yeah, I I really loved Grant Morrison. Uh-huh. Um, their stories are were really interesting to me. It was a lot of like British anarchy type stuff. Okay. Um, they they wrote a lot of Batman stories and things like that. Um, and. Yeah, I think that um, (laughs) some of the ways that they were able to talk about like humanity, um, they they also wrote a book, I think it's called Superhero, something like Secret Identities or something. Uh And it's sort of like the parallels between humanity and why we wrote these stories or why Uh these stories came about. And I always thought that was really interesting. Um, I think that people find it easier to kind of relate to something that's fictional because mm-hmm. they don't have to confront the the reality of it. And so even if they find someone in real life that maybe they can relate to and had a similar experience, it's easier to relate to something fictional because they're, they're not real. And you can say, well, it's, it, it's not a big deal for me to say, maybe this is uh-huh. part of my story or, or I feel similarly. Um, because they know it's fiction. Right. They, okay. So yeah. I think it makes it easier to talk about, um, if it's, if it's fiction, hmm. um, that's interesting at like, at like, you know, relatively young age, you were tied into that idea of like thinking about humanity, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, what, one of the things that like, w- I was like very curious about when I was reading your, your artist statement on, on the, um, on your website, or I don't know if it's an artist statement, but you have like a little thing there mm-hmm. and, what you said, like, it was one of the, like, one of the things I, I just, I love so much. You, right, you're deeply rooted in the human experience. Mm-hmm. Like, your work is, that's what you're interested in. I just mm-hmm. found that so beautiful. And I was like, oh, my, I don't know. I've never thought about that, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I've thought about the human experience. But the way that you phrased it and then looking at your work, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this is, like, really quite interesting mm-hmm. and beautiful. Thank you. So it's interesting to hear, like, going back, you were Mm -hmm. still kind of thinking about these ideas of, like, what it means to be human, I guess. Is is that true? Or am I I making that up? Yeah. In some light way, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's hard to think about when I was in high school, what I was doing. um, Because you're kind of, like, you're grabbing at everything. Mm -hmm. And you might not realize at a moment, like... Oh, this is like what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there's something there. Yeah, I think growing up, I clung to things for one reason. And then growing up, that might have changed just how people yeah. talk about music, you know, going back and listening to a song that you really enjoyed as a young person. And it might have been about love or loss. And and maybe at that age, you didn't really know what that mm-hmm. felt like, but you tried to understand on some level. Yeah. Um, and maybe as you've grown older, you, you have a better understanding and it means something else to you. And I think the same could be said for the things and media that I consumed was just, you know, maybe I enjoyed it for one reason or the art was super cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I talk to Gina a lot, who's in my collective about the sort of like internalized misogyny that you get from things like comics and video games, which I was very much a part of growing up. Um, and it's something that I've thought a lot more about as an adult, as I still consume these types of media. Do you still play video games? I do. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do quite a bit, actually. Um, I'm, I'm always curious about that. <laughs> uh, I'm a total nerd. I, uh-huh. um, I've i been playing like tabletop games for like 15 years. And oh, tabletop. I love t- that. Tabletop yeah, video yeah. games. That's fun. Uh, yeah. and, and comics. But um, yeah, I think like more recently, I think of how maybe like women are portrayed in, in these medias. Sure. How I consume yeah. that growing up and then how I sort of feel about it now and and the changes mm-hmm. that are happening in those medias. Yeah. Um, Cause now you can be like, wait a second. That's true. But also or were you as a, a kid as well? I mean, you, were you tuned in enough to be like, that's wrong or, <laughs> or you're not, you're just playing the game. maybe. So I think, and I, and I've thought about this a lot recently is uh, a lot of the games that I tended to play had a female main character. Okay. Um, and I've realized that they were kind of created under the male gaze as I've gotten okay. older. But I I still think that like growing up, I was able to play a game with a, maybe like a woman as a as a main character. And I've gone back and and played some of those games. There's like a game Xenosaga, which, you know, has like um, a woman scientist that creates like a, basically an android. Okay. Um, but they're women main characters. They're still sort of like these strong characters. And even though they, they were created under the male gaze, I I'm assuming that maybe those people didn't think that their target audience would be a woman. Uh Um, And so maybe it's, you know, it's changed for someone who the target audience is not. Right. There's sort of like a taking back that happens of like, well, actually the story is sort of about this powerful person. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a lot to think about. Um, but that's an interesting thought that, like, you know, they didn't realize that girl, you know, yeah, girls would be playing this mm-hmm. game, and then it's like, oh, you know, whatever happened. Yeah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Who knows? But um, so, so that's like, well, it's interesting. Be also because like you do seem like somewhat rooted in like the some of those influence and I'm only thinking about that series of photographs mm-hmm. called the lost boys. Right. That, <laughs> that somehow seems um, to have had an impact on you. What explain that though, that group of, well, well, we can talk about it now, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause I want, I do want to hear a little bit about what you were doing in undergrad, Yeah. but the, the photographic series that like I first saw and I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the connection to that idea of the Lost Boys? Because there's like two ideas, to me at least, there. There's the Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> right. film. And then there's like, well, Peter Pan right. as well. So I'm curious about how those things come together. Or, or that movie seems to have had an impact on you. I think, um, <laughs> well, if you're familiar with the film and I know am. my yeah, yeah. name. I've watched it a hundred times. Um, Wait, I, your name? My name is Star. Okay. <laughs> so I was, uh, my parents really liked that movie. I was named after that character. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I think it's like a cheeky nod to both. Um, I talk yeah. a lot about collective memory. Um, yeah. And, and so those images sort of are, 
these like hazy memory depictions of maybe something that you think, you know, yeah. um, but it's more specific to me who shot it. Um, yeah. But I think that they're easily relatable images or they sort of stir this memory in people. Um, you know, when I was able to talk to people in front of them or people who had asked me questions as we were standing in front of them in the museum, um, they sort of asked me like, oh, I think I know where this is. Is it this place? And it, mm-hmm. and it usually wasn't. Right. Um, but it, that made me quite excited because I had really wanted people to f- maybe think that they knew what it was or, or where it was. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay. And how did you like, because they have a certain like, uh, one like dorky technical question, but they have a certain kind of glitchiness to them. How mm-hmm. did that? happen was that just like in the computer or yeah most of them i took at a larger scale and sort of zoomed in on on one piece of um this like quite large photograph Mm -hmm. um that i took and i did uh manipulate them like Mm -hmm. i you know went on the computer and used um, right yeah photoshop i was just curious that was like (laughs) yeah wait a second I'm fine to do do that. Me um, too. I, yeah, I have no, <laughs> uh, you know, qualms about that. But I, I was just kind of curious if that, like, you know, how much the computer, like, plays into a part of your practice, you know, because sometimes people are like, no, you know, or like there's like this acknowledgement of, uh, but, but it also adds to the idea of like that there's this, you know, sort of, there's some kind of shift in reality mm-hmm. happening, you yeah. know, and I, I thought that was like really kind of beautiful. Um, so you're you're named after that character. Yes. Okay, that's interesting because <laughs> I I did have I have a student who who listens like regularly to when these come out and they're like oh the box party uh, oh oh yeah oh I know or okay that's where because she asked me who am I interviewing this mm-hmm. month and I was like Star she's like I know that name oh yeah the box party mm-hmm. she was like. Ask her where the, her name came from. <laughs> so you there answered you go. it inadvertently. Just for you. Okay. <laughs> but does that, like, it, does, like, linking those images to a piece of, of media from the past, is, is that your connection to the idea of a memory? Like, in terms of, like, the titling of that? And I'm, I don't mean to dwell on the title, mm-hmm. but it seems very specific. Yeah, I think um, a lot of those images were taken in a in a very transitional time for me. Uh-huh. Um, and I was able to visit some of the buildings from that movie. And it was just sort of this funny thing oh, okay. that I was able to do. Um, and one of them is in the series. But f- as far as like a personal thing, it was this maybe like internal joke to myself because Uh as this very important transitional period in my life was happening, Mm -hmm. um, I sort of visited these places Um, and I talk, you know, about revisiting places that I had been in previous years and -hmm. they feel so wildly different as if I was visiting them for the first time because of, you know, sort of personal things that were going on for me. Um, And so that memory seemed to be this hazy thing or shift for me as well. The transitional aspect, was that mm-hmm. like a part of like as an artist or was there um, it, more like per- personal, personal and um, maybe medical things okay. that were going on in my life? Yeah. Um, but it was very uh, like clearing of a headspace as well. And, yeah. um, and, you know, I think even in the box party, we talk about the sort of like the medical aspect of like our, our lives, even if it's sort of 
collective way to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but I think even taking care of how you feel about those things mm-hmm. changes your perspective in a lot of ways. And, and so um, I think in creating the photographs, I was just sort of freeing maybe the, the dread that I had uh-huh. um, from me and not being so doom and gloom all the time about everything. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Cause they do have a kind of a, I don't want to say doom and gloom, but there's an edge to them. It's mm-hmm. like not happy. Right. So it's interesting. You feel like <laughs> you're shedding. Okay. I think that that works though, because uh-huh. a lot of times as an artist, like for myself, and I know I've heard other artists talk about this is that you almost rip that piece from you when you make things. And so you, huh. you're imbuing that into this work. And for me, a lot of work is I just need to take this thing out of me and make it physical. I need to hold it in my hands and, and put it in the world so that maybe I can look at it objectively from a different perspective and point of view. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. I'm trying to think how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I'm not saying that's how no, everybody no. deals yeah, with no. it. <laughs> I, I think it's good though. No, I, I, yeah, no, I'm totally not getting that from it, but I'm curious. I'm like, oh, that's, it's similar. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, cause I feel like I don't, at least I don't know if I am. I don't really, I haven't in a while dealt with like many ideas of, of a personal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, my work's kind of more about, I don't know what it's about mm-hmm. right now, but it's like, you know, these things just kind of fly into my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I have a weird antenna up and it just like picks it and yeah. then it has to. But then what you're saying, like to get it out, like it has to come out, mm-hmm. right? It has to like, it gets in the channel and it's right. like, it's got to go. Um, So that that I, I respond to because I don't really like, I, I find it interesting, like in terms of the what I, I find most lovely about your work is that it's dealing with these ideas of, of it seems very contemporary, like, or, or very of the now, like ideas of thoughts and feelings and personal experience mm-hmm. that is, um, it seems um, like right on the money, you know, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a, a collective conversation people are having about uh, these things, but nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. But you're making work about it, which is like very endearing to me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's very, that's really quite nice, you know. And it seems like uh, interesting. I, I did have questions. I know I kept asking, talking. Well, actually, take me to that moment between undergrad and grad school. Mm-hmm. You finish at SUNY Albany, and then you're like, um, maybe I'll just keep going, or do you take time off, or what's going on in your head at that moment? Um, I graduated peak pandemic from undergrad oh, wow. and went straight into grad school. Okay. Um, and I just thought it was an opportunity for the time. Um, uh-huh. You know, the, the funding was there. I felt like I still had more to learn and do. Yeah. Um, and the opportunity was there and I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't moving, couldn't really go outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just wanted more opportunity to have conversations about the work that I was developing and thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also maybe worried that I wouldn't have the the space um, to continue to do that on my own, mm. you know, because of the circumstances. Um, so that's really 
why the ultimate decision for me to continue was. But um, I mean, I'm sure anybody could. I'm sure that, you know, that grad school is just ups and downs the whole way through. And there's a lot going on. So. <laughs> Mostly downs. Uh, but, I would say that, too. But uh, um, well, feels yeah. so much lighter now. <laughs> you, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I felt depressed. Like I was like more like uh, it felt like a real kind of I think we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit in the the box party episode, mm-hmm. but it was a real kind of like, what do you mm-hmm. do? Oh, that was my idea with you guys. It was mm-hmm. like, I thought this is amazing to right. keep this going. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so when you're finished, like, what are your, like, cause I'm not really quite sure actually, like as an artist, how do you see your, your primary method of making things? Is it the camera oh, or is it, <laughs> is it installation or is mm-hmm. it video? Um, because like looking at it, it seems like there's a, it's like, I, I don't really quite know. Like, how do, how do you see yourself? I'm I think curious. I default to that, you know, cliche term interdisciplinary. Okay. Um, but I, I always talk about kind of to defaulting to the, the camera as like my initial go. It seems um, like it. Of an idea. Yeah. Because for me, I think it's quite easy to arrange things in a physical space and then take a photo of them. If that's not the final product for me, then whatever comes next may be based off of that. Or at least mm-hmm. I can spend time with an idea that I have in a physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, and often that's with other people. You know, I will ask my friends or other models that I know to come and hang out with me and just play dress up or something and uh-huh. um, and work through ideas. Um, I'm very fortunate to know many absolutely amazing artists in the drag community um, and they have an abundance of dress up. So that's always (laughs) really fun. Um, But I think going out into the world and seeing small spaces that just are interesting or like, what could I put in here? Um, Even if they never get seen by someone else for me, Mm -hmm. it's sort of a quick sketchbook, if you will, because I I still do draw. It's just very slow and Mm -hmm. doesn't always look how I want it to look. So for ideas to come out, I think I default to, to camera. The camera is just a quicker way because mm-hmm. it, it's a, you've mentioned that slowness a couple of times. It mm-hmm. seems like there's a frustration with that aspect mm-hmm. of it's not happening fast enough. Yeah, I think the ideas just don't because I can't change it fast enough for mm-hmm. myself. You know, if I have an idea, like do a quick sketch and maybe it looks really bad and that helps me in some yeah. way. Um, but it almost never becomes something more than that. Yeah. Um, which I, I am definitely working on more. Um, I'm working and collaborating with another artist who is in the MFA program right now, Rich Soto. Okay. Um, and we're sort of collaborating on a small project together, um, hopefully I'll get to talk about that at one point, but yeah. um, with more of a storytelling and drawing aspect uh-huh. to it. So, okay, that seems interesting because mm-hmm. it seems like there's like, I mean, the fact that you're like writing a lot, you know, that mm-hmm. seems very interesting in terms of like that could be fascinating to mm-hmm. think about. But when you were an undergrad, wh- your primary medium, like what you're working in, were you painting? Were you mm-hmm. mostly doing photography or? I think I was painting mostly. Really? I took a bunch of painting classes because that's uh-huh. what I sort of felt that I should be doing. Right. Um, but I got frustrated because, of course, you you do like non, you know, you're sort of still doing the still lifes and learning techniques. Yeah. And 
I don't, I just sort of got frustrated with that for some reason. Yeah. And I think it's that it's not happening quick enough for me. And I'm yeah. still drawing, you know, like curtains, um, you know, or painting <laughs> right. curtains. And, uh, and I understand there is right. absolutely yeah. like the, the steps to learning, but I think like for me, I get so, um, uh-huh. frustrated with doing one thing over and over again. Um, curtains. <laughs> so, <laughs> everybody knows the striped curtains. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just took, I started to take a bunch of different, Mm -hmm. uh, classes and mediums that I haven't Uh tried before. I hadn't been familiar with, um, probably working with like Danny. Um, I actually never worked with Danny in undergrad, uh, but it, it's funny because he was my primary mentor, um, in grad school and he would always like run by in the halls and I would be like installing weird stuff Uh and I didn't know him very well, but he was always really encouraging and he would just be like, you need anything? Do you, do you need help? Like, do you need, you know, whatever, there's a media closet, like ask somebody to grab you something. And uh, I always thought that was really awesome that he was so encouraging of students in general. Um, I mean, he had like given me and Gina a studio in undergrad because I think a bunch of people had moved out and just like the space that, we were allowed to have, I think was awesome around. Yeah. Uh, But I think it all came from like meeting the right people and just, you know, I'm not a super outgoing person, but Mm. I started to talk to people as much as I could, mostly professors. um, And they would introduce me to people then in the community. Um, Like I met people at Colorworks and then, you know, I did some things there and um, yeah. So uh, you have to be the most outgoing introvert you know, <laughs> that I could be. <laughs> well, what's interesting, it, uh, I don't know, a similar is like I now I'm thinking about this speed thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you know how ideas materialize or mm-hmm. how you need to to show them, and and I I do I do think that that um, that uh, the way that uh, painting and drawing is often um, taught. Mm-hmm you know, is this hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? Like we're doing this and now we're going to draw, you know, and, and I went to school to, to do a paint, to become mm-hmm. a painter, but I was like quickly like, screw this. Yeah. I'm going to go to the dark room <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. I'm going to point my camera at mm-hmm. whatever I want to. Right. And then I came back to, to drawing a lot. Like when I was at purchase, mm-hmm. um, I took just every drawing class I could mm-hmm. And I kind of figure, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes it, it like comes and go. I don't know. So to me, it's like the impulse to, of that, that speed thing is, mm-hmm. is, is it, it can be foreboding, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think about, especially when you're younger, but I do understand like there's a certain way you have to teach it and, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But I would imagine for a lot of people that happens, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, for sure. This is not moving quick enough. You know, for sure. It's so I don't want to say it's easier, but it's like when you're young, it, it's like the idea of taking pictures and of like pointing your camera at things mm-hmm. and like showing, you know, is very gratifying, mm-hmm. you know, to then put it on a wall and talk about it. Yeah. At least for me as a like a young artist or whatever. Right. You know, the fact that we're going to like spend six hours on a stuffed duck is not really <laughs> interesting (laughs) right yeah um i also think the dark room was a very uh like slow but methodical process and Uh i I had great success with it off the get-go um i did it in high school and learned and i 
really enjoyed the process because almost always I would get something at the end that was uh-huh. cool. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I was like, you know, it's sort of like opening a present for yourself. You're like, right. wow, what yeah, is it yeah. really going to look like right. at the end? Yeah, and yeah. you're not sure. The magic. But, you know, I did all sorts of solarization. I was like obsessed mm-hmm. with, you know, mm. editing things in the dark room. Um, and it was like a quick way to get, I could go out and shoot, uh, you know, rolls right. of film and then yeah, spend yeah. time developing it and then altering yeah. it further. Um, whereas, you know, and I did have a great time drawing at that point, but I think like, as I moved on the pressure to get it right for mm-hmm. me was something that I just needed a break from. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, well, like I've never had that pressure to get it right. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's like self-imposed <laughs> yeah, pressure right. perhaps. And right. I put too much on it maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I guess, no, I take that back. I do think a lot. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm like drawing in the computer, mm-hmm. this whole idea of like what a line is, is mm-hmm. like obsessing me. You know, it's like, yeah. it can look like this. It can, you know, like. And you're not wasting any materials. I'm using Procreate right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and I have a Wacom tablet and. Oh, um, Okay. You know, I am experimenting with it. Because if you yeah. mess up, it's like, oh, I'll just, yeah, you yeah. know, erase it really quick. But yeah, and you not. can do the same line thousands mm-hmm. of times. You know? Yeah. And I, I actually like it more. Mm-hmm. The digital drawing has helped me not be as frustrated with it. Mm, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um. Well, kind of like starting to ra- to wrap up. I had mm-hmm. a couple. I haven't even looked at my notes. <laughs> but one thing I I thought of um, that I was I was curious about, and and this is like when I I saw the um, the installations in the graduate show. Um, what there seems to be this this conversation between hard and soft, mm-hmm. and like there's always this kind of debris around. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit in terms of, and I, I have ideas. It's like um, adding some aggressiveness to it maybe mm-hmm. in some way, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of curious about the, the rubble. Yeah. I dragged <laughs> that rubble around for such a long time. So I actually used pieces of it in a previous installation I did um, that started like at the end of, undergrad and I sort of took it around to a few uh-huh. shows and that, um, that was sort of a deeper conversation, but I, I do think about the push and pull of that a lot. I think in hard and soft, hard and soft, mm-hmm. but even in, in tone, I think, right. Um, yeah. you know, not just in physical things, sometimes it's a little on the nose with physical objects that I think in my own life, I've struggled with that in myself, this like how much do I allow myself to be one way? There's a sort of like joke about being the oldest daughter, you know, in a family, um, always feeling like you have to pick up everything or help everyone or, or do all okay. these things. And no one can, can Are help you. Are you the oldest it. daughter? I am. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so I made that reference without saying that. Yeah, but, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, there's sort of this feeling in me to never like ask for other people to do stuff for me, or I always want to take over and help other people. Um, and that sort of sometimes I think prevents a softness in me to, to just relax or take time for myself. And um, it kind of extends to the installation in which you're referring this yeah. idea of wellness and how yeah. it just did not 
work out for me. And, you know, it's a sort of funny installation in some ways. I'm not poking fun, but I think there's a line um, that I explore where this this um, method of relaxation that works for so many people, of course, um, doesn't for everyone. And mm-hmm. and you're trying so hard to be soft and do what maybe something or somebody is telling you to do that could help you or could could make you feel better. And you you just can't. Yeah. No matter how much you try. And um, and it's frustrating. And sometimes it's like an acceptance of that failure. And so I think it's you know, that's part of it is for that installation anyways, is you're trying so much to be soft, mm-hmm. to be in this safe and quiet space. And you just can't allow yourself to be. And so there's sort of all of this like wreckage around oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's. Uh, again, I talk about like for that installation, it's like being in wreckage or how, um, you know, I did a lot of the vocal work for that installation. I also had a friend um, who works in a bunch of media and is is wonderful. Do some recordings for me for that as well. And and just sort of evoke this soft voice. And her, she did hers a little more monotonous, yeah. you know, and uh, with an edge to it. But she still has a very soft voice. Mm-hmm. But the 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 lines of it. Um, and so even if you like read the subtitled version, sort of jarring in a way. And, and I always thought that was like these thoughts just coming in. So mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try, you know, still this edge to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's pretty much how I read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like really uh, I just found it like really the juxtaposition was interesting to me. And then you start seeing it in other places. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Yeah. Where is there a specific place that rubble is from? Um, it was from different places. I, <laughs> I'm just know. curious. Um, not very specific. I think mm-hmm. one of the most interesting pieces came from when they were like taking down pieces of U Albany. Oh, okay. and they had this giant. And I don't know if I was really allowed to take, but right, you know, right, I went yeah. uh, and it was sort of lying in um, off in the trees. So mm-hmm. I sort of sourced that weird. Um, okay. It's sort of like a grid pattern yeah, yeah. piece. And I i mean, I've gotten rid of most of them. I did keep that piece, but I had been yeah. carrying those things around for years and they're quite heavy. So <laughs> I had to say goodbye to <laughs> say goodbye. a few of yeah. them. Okay. Um, so last thing I think about your work, and I, I, I think I asked you on uh, in the messenger, because there does seem to be this like little bit of the occult. Mm. And I'm curious, I'm just curious about that. Because of uh, growing up, like my family was like my my mother and all her sisters were like upset, and I don't want to say obsessed, but it was very much in the air. Mm-hmm. It's like things they would talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my sister was like way into uh, witchcraft and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm just I'm not trying to like. I'm just curious what. What's there for you? Is that just something you're, is that like something you're interested in? Like mm-hmm. just kind of like, or because some of the images have that kind of vibe to them. Like mm-hmm. some of the photographs, I see. there was the the port. I'm not sure how you would describe that, mm-hmm. but the the woman, she's like dressed like Victorian or. Yeah, I didn't include those, but I, yeah, I did a photo set. Um, and I yeah. sort of talk about that as being a reference to like that justice um, figure and, 
in a reference to witchcraft and, and uh-huh. numerous other things. Um, I think that it makes its way. My like family wasn't very religious. My grandmother was, but she always uh-huh. sort of talked about the mythical. So, yeah. um, you know, my... Maybe that's what I was trying to say. That's what my my mother and all her sisters would get together, and they just start telling like ghost stories mm-hmm. and like 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 it's I don't want to say like it's real mm-hmm. because I like I don't know what I think about that mm-hmm. still to this day. Yeah, but um, I found it very interesting as a kid. Yeah, and I was like, just I don't know. I've always been kind of like. I find those things very interesting. I think it cultivates creativity. So, like, my Nana was, like, my favorite person ever. Um, And she was sort of religious, but she didn't, like, Mm -hmm. you know, force it upon anyone. But she also really loved, like, Anne Rice books, you know. Okay. Uh, So she had them in the house, and she had, like, Stephen King books everywhere. And she would, you know, sort of tell me these fantastical stories. And, you know, she would have this lamp that had like flowers over it. And I was scared to like go to bed by myself as a kid. And she'd be like, well, I'm going to turn this on for you. And there, mm. there's fairies there. You can't see them, but they're hanging out mm-hmm. and they're going to watch over you. Um, you know, that, that so, was my grandmother too. She was like with gnomes though. Oh, cool. Cause she was from um, <laughs> that side of the family's from uh, Scandinavia. Oh, okay. So it's all like, they yeah. would call them the Tumta. Oh, or something. Cool. <laughs> if I'm saying that <laughs> yeah. wrong, it's like they would come out at night and help you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But I sort of love that. And I, you know, I grew up with this sort of feeling that it was okay to like play pretend as much as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps you busy, but also I, th- I think it cultivates that sense of curiosity and creativity. And, um, and so I think a lot of that, you know, like stories of like, witches and you know she really allowed me to believe certain things in uh-huh. in the healthy way i think but just yeah. to have fun and um and my mom sort of you know extended that and they would always like talk about witchcraft or that sort of um you know that thing that they do try to lift you off the floor with your like fingertips oh, and okay yeah, light yeah. as a feather stiff as a board um you know <laughs> and it was always really interesting to me and and yeah. fun and um yeah, so I think it definitely makes its way. I love a lot of the darker aesthetic. I think um, it just, I think the things that I like kind of go that way anyway. I like old books, yeah, old yeah. books and uh-huh. like old things. And, and you have a black cat. That just and I have you. a black cat. His name is Ouija. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay. So it's just like, it's just kind of there. It's like, it a, is there. Yeah. And, uh, Like I said, I'm not like a religious person, but I think it Mm -hmm. makes its way. And, you know, there's things like people, tarot cards. I think there's enough power that you give to things like that. You already Mm -hmm. kind of know how you feel about stuff. And I think things like that kind of empower you to just take action on how you already feel. Yeah. Um, But I I don't know. I I think there's a lot to be learned from stories, still older stories. Like, you know, um, we're we love here um, like mythology so mm-hmm. tons of different um, mythology books from all over the world. And I think those stories, there's something like really empowering about them mm-hmm. um, and they're sort of cultural and, and they are sort of lessons to be learned mm-hmm. and will help people think about maybe stuff they already know about themselves. Maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I ask because it also it seems like again it's like something like 
in the air. Or, mm-hmm. Like my youngest daughter, um, like she's really into like magic and tarot and stuff. Yeah. And I, it's not from me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't give her – like I don't really – Mostly because, like, she gets scared really easy, so I don't, oh, like, no. talk about anything <laughs> yeah. with her. But it's just funny to watch her, like, you know, she's, like, burning. You know, she's 11. She's, like, mm-hmm. burning sage in her room. Like, yeah. what is going on in here? Yeah. Like, is this, like, you know, teenage me in here? Like, what is good? Like, my, my experience was, like, obviously it was talked about in my family a lot, mm-hmm. like, magic and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the gateway to experience. Exploring it on my own was Ozzy Osbourne. And like, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, the song Mr. Crowley. Yeah. I was like, oh, who, who's he talking about? And then my friend's like, oh, it's Alistair Crowley. You know? Oh, yeah. He's like my brother. And then we got his buyer. You know, it was like, oh, my God. It was like a weird path to go on. Yeah. But it was it was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's sure fun. that, like, comes up. My dad was, like, you know, an Iron Maiden fan. Yeah, yeah. And he Metal also, is like. A- <laughs> right. You know, it's like they all think the that something is else is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he played Dungeons and Dragons, too. Yeah, and yeah. at that time, I'm sure, like, people were just so furious about yeah, yeah. kids playing those types of games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then it led, yeah, for me, it led to like D and D and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so for sure. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> which yeah. is awesome. And now those games are getting so much attention. I know. And light, which right? is awesome. It's funny. Um, so to finish up, so you graduate. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. And um, you fall into this like, um, job as an archivist mm-hmm. for an artist um how i guess i'm curious like was that probably a wicked unexpected mm-hmm. i would imagine and then like i'm curious about like what does that mean mm-hmm. like what do you do um yeah so i uh first of all i think the my experience and the fact that i was in uh the mfa program was really helpful um because our program at UAlbany specifically, they're so great about um, circulating opportunities, uh-huh. um, which I found super helpful because not only, you know, could jobs be found, but um, like exhibitions that you could be a part of or people that were looking for help short term. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of what happened with me as an artist was looking for something short term to have a collection processed. And um, uh, yeah, I got an email and I took a chance and and tried it. And and luckily enough, they um, wanted me to stay on. So um, I'm there now, but uh, I do quite a a bit of things, um, you know, and it's expanded past just archives. Um, But I'm, I'm very happy. I had worked at the Tang for a bit um, before that. And uh, I didn't really get to do a lot. I thought perhaps I could move around, but I found that like maybe museum life was not for me. (laughs) I always sort of thought I would be a working artist. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the other half of that would be like working in a museum, Hmm. Um, you know, because I, I love sort of collections and, 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 work and things that have even been around for a while, even like older work and taking care of those things. Um, but I didn't find that love there. I think working for an artist is awesome. And I would Mm -hmm. recommend to anyone, especially out of grad school to work for an artist because you can learn a lot about yourself if you are an artist, I think. Um, and also, I mean, just how the greater art world works. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's no better way to do that than, to be in it Mm -hmm. um, if that's what you want to do. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, 
I've heard other people say, even before I graduated, other professors even say the best thing they ever did was work for an artist. Mm. And I, I, now that I've been doing it for, you know, a year and a half um, in July, it'll be two, two years. And, oh, wow. Um, I would so wholeheartedly. You while you were in grad school. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. And I was only oh, cool. uh, working, well, I kind of started over the summer then. So okay. um, I thought I would finish before like going back and then I worked part time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I work like four days mm-hmm. a week. Um, I take that, that last day. Right, right. Uh, generally for myself and my practice, which is really great. And I think that um, I think artists are more understanding about that anyway. If, mm-hmm. You know, if you are one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as an archivist mm-hmm. or, you know, it sounds like you're doing a lot more. Mm-hmm. But are, are you just kind of like, like, are you given a task of like, OK, the, this period of my life or, you know, I'm not sure where these images are or, or what do you? I'm, I'm probably totally off. Like, what do you, I'm just curious, what are you doing? Um, I think on the general way, I, I take care of objects. Oh, okay. You know, um, it's sort I of see. registrar okay. in some ways. Um, but it does expand past that. And I think it's a lot of research too. There's a lot of research to be done. Um, as you like fall down different paths. And, uh-huh. So and, st- maybe like understanding like the journey of that object. Yeah. As well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, which is super interesting. I think even like for us living today, like maybe we don't think too much about you know, mm-hmm. certain objects existing for as long as they do. I mean, there's so many collectors that have things yeah. from artists past and I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe hopefully for us too, there will be, right, you right. know, our MFA like pamphlet will end up in the hands of someone. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. <laughs> Look um, at them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I Oh, okay. I, that's in, that's, that sounds fun, actually. I would like that. Huh? Yeah. Um, I, I read a lot. I yeah. think it's, you know, <laughs> I, <think laughs> I read a lot for myself, but yeah. also um, I find myself just like part reading of the job. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Which is just delightful. So. Uh-huh. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. That does sound delightful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. You get the collector. That's, mm-hmm. that's who wants to know that. Mm-hmm. Where has this been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why was this made? Where has yeah, it yeah. been? Yeah. Uh, Which I, I didn't realize was a, was a thing until, I, I, don't, I don't know, before, I think before we started recording, mm-hmm. I, I was talking about working at the Rare Bookstore. Oh, yeah. But the front of the Rare Bookstore was a, like, um, they just sold artist monographs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, and they also sold, I mean, maybe I didn't know this name before I started the job, but a catalog resume. And they would come in and like, you know, I didn't understand the importance of that Mm -hmm. book, you know? Yeah. And it, you know, tells everything that you're researching, Mm -hmm. you know, when it was made, where it's shown and, you know, and then people would come in and buy it because they want to have it on the table next to the painting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that sort of thing is maybe more important in like scholarly. Yeah. Yeah, Like museum settings, academia, maybe bookstore, because they want to ensure that it may end up somewhere interesting. I don't know if you've ever been to lyrical ballad in Saratoga. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That I, I, you know, I've never bought any of the expensive books, Mm -hmm. but I love to look at them and I I love any of the information that they can glean from, from where that book has come from. And they also have like artists, uh, prints and monographs, I think in the back. And um, it's always interesting just to look through and see what's ended up there. 
or right. maybe, you know, the bookseller or someone there knows like how or why. Yeah. Um, so, cause some of them are quite old and I love that. I think it's really fascinating. I mean, if you've ever wandered into like the rare book room at the strand, it's just, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, fun it's so fun. Yeah, like yeah. even the artist talks that they have there, I think to be surrounded by so many words, you know, it's like tons of people in their, in their lives. And mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll end there. All right. I think we said it all. How do you feel? Pretty good. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, was, you're welcome. It was great no conversation. Problem. Thanks. There you go. Thank you for listening. And as always, if you like it, subscribe, uh, do whatever you have to do. And, uh, you know, you can always share it. Um, And I believe, I still have to say this, and I don't mind. Uh, Art Town is uh, supported by the New York State Foundation for the Arts. Wait, no, is it? New York State? I don't know. Whatever it is. That's it. Something with New York. Bye.